92.7 WMAY, Springfield's News and Talking. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm honored this afternoon to have two young ladies with me this afternoon, Mary Francis and Beverly Helms Renfro, and they're the authors of Images of America, African Americans in Springfield, and it was featured in the Illinois Times last week. And I just want to say good afternoon, ladies. How are you? Good afternoon. Good glad afternoon. To have, uh, glad you're having us. Uh, you know, this, this, you know, uh, Bev, you date me, and uh, Mary Frances, I don't know you, you're new to town, but <laughs> Bev dates me a little bit because uh, she was one of the few uh, persons I met when I had to uh, do an uh, entree into former Senator. Uh, Fred Smith's office and Bev was there as his legislative aide back in, I don't even want to call the date, but <laughs> Bev was there. <laughs> and uh, But anyway, uh, shortly thereafter, I saw this tall, stately gentleman uh, walking around with a camera and found out that he was Bev's dad and, and yes. he was known as Doc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was Doc Helm and his nickname was One Shot Doc. That's and right. uh, <laughs> that was the thing. And I got to meet uh, Doc back in the day and he would, you know, and he and Fred Smith had to be friends because they both smoked the cigars. Yes. They, they always had a cigar. But uh, let's talk about the book. How, how did you come up with this idea, ladies? And tell me, and well, I know Bev, I know Doc had a plethora of pictures. So how did you put these together? Yeah, so about a year ago, I was looking at all these Arcadia publishing books that I saw in Springfield, and I noticed there weren't any about African Americans. And I just decided right there and then that I was going to do an Arcadia book about African Americans. And so I contacted the publisher and they loved the idea. They were so excited. And I had to buy a portable scanner and go out and start searching for photographs of African Americans prior to 1975, uh, black and white, original photos. And I went to a lot of different places. I wasn't having a whole <laughs> lot of luck. And these names of Doc Helm and Beverly Helm Renfro kept popping up. And they said, you need to go and, and speak to Beverly. And finally, I got to meet her. We actually live three blocks apart. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so after we met, um, I started sending her beautiful photographs to Arcadia. And they said, we want to bring her on as co-author for the book. And Beverly agreed. Good, good. Bev, how many pictures are left that are not in this book? Thousands. (laughs) Up on thousands. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, when you... I worked in the legislature for six years, seven years, six six years. But I was around the legislature for... I don't want to even mention how many years. And uh, up until your father passed... uh, you know, he was the photographer the first 15, 20 years of me working in and around the legislature. Yes. And one of the iconic photos that he took of me was with the first black mayor of Chicago, Harold Washington. And uh, Bev, I got that picture, and I think she still has a copy. I do. And, uh, I, I mean, there were pictures that... He, I mean, he just took so many shots that you didn't know where it was. And when I saw that picture, I just had to have it because that, that's, that's classic. And, uh, but what I want to get to is the things about Springfield and the historical significance of capturing what you guys have done 
And one of the things that really interested me was the training that was being provided for African-Americans to get trained to be employable. And one that really jumped out at me was the Ambidextra School. And now it's the Taylor, called the Taylor House over at 902 South 12th Street. And Alderman Gregory has now got that on a track to be restored. And uh, when I looked at this picture, and this was the Ambidextra House, uh, was modeled after the Tuskegee Institute, and it was uh, to bring African Americans together to teach them a skill and train them. And uh, I don't think you can get any more historical other than Lincoln Colored Home here in Springfield. Yes, uh, is the Ambidextra House, and and now that you know they've at least restored the foundation, so it just doesn't fall in. But I think there needs to be a heightened awareness about. How can we get this building restored? Because it has tremendous historical context. I agree with you. Uh, we have to preserve our history. Yes. Uh, we haven't done that uh, such a good job of it in the past. But I think this is a time when we should be looking at all those sites like Dr. Lee's building, yes. the office building, uh, like you said, the colored home. Right. I remember my father for a couple of uh, years, we'd go there around Christmas time, mm -hmm. and a, a young man he chose, or they chose, I'm not sure how that went, mm -hmm. and they would come home with my dad for over the Christmas holidays. Oh, okay. And so they would stay at our house. And they had as much under that tree as we did. <laughs> well, that was how we shared back in the days. That's right. And uh, but, and then I look at the number of of uh, the nightlife in Springfield. That was another thing to yes. sort of catch. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like uh, uh, the nightlife in Springfield was somewhat of a. Uh, what's her name? Uh, I, I can't remember. Rosalie Harris. Rosalie Harris over on yeah. 17th Street. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I know the area quite well. And I'm saying, where did she have this place back on 17th Street? <laughs> but uh, it was it was really really uh, interesting to read that story. And then, of course, I knew Jack Pettiford and the Panama yes. Club. And uh, uh, you know, it just I'm saying these places have such rich history. And uh, now I, I remember 11th Street back when he was there and it was a unique little club because the mirrors in there back in the day and that was oh, goodness we're gonna have to take a break right here ladies but we're gonna come right Seven WMAY Springfield's News and Talk, and I'm so pleased to have with me this afternoon uh, Mary Francis and Beverly Helms Renfro, and we're talking about the book, Images of America, African Americans in Springfield, 
And I'm going to go to page 66 with Mr. Leon Stewart <laughs> at his service station. And it was at 13th and 14th and Jefferson. Yes. And, uh, and now this is where I want to get a little dicey a little bit here is that there were African-American businesses. There were African-American uh, culture uh, between neighborhood revitalization or gentrification, some people would say, and the Madison Street Corridor basically destroyed the yes. core and the con of, of African-American businesses in Springfield. So and true. Uh, there was a, a number of businesses in that right downtown where the convention center is, where Horace Mann is, this was where the majority of black businesses were in Springfield back yes. in the day. And and now, as a person who said that there was seg uh, segregation in Springfield and we had to prove it in court, uh, these kind of things, but had I had these kind of pictures back in the day, this would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, just, it just shows that the, the idea that there were not people who wanted to do better for themselves, who wanted to build a community, who wanted to do, create for the community and create jobs. It was here. We had it here in yes, Springfield. Yes, we did. And yes, so did. It, is, it is now, how do we get it back and what can we do uh, to make these things? And so restoring the ambidextra house, I think, is one of the ways of doing it. And uh, rebuilding the Lincoln Colored Home and start doing things that remind and bring back. And, and, and see, you have pictures that show what was where and, and that African-Americans actually played a significant role in the city of Springfield. Yes, yes. Right, and I, yeah. I just want to say about Ambidexter Industrial School, that was started by African-Americans yes. themselves. And it ran from 1901 to 1908. They kept it running themselves from donations, from churches, right. from black businesses and individuals. So that was an amazing accomplishment. Absolutely, but then I go through and I see the black municipal band. Well, why would there a black municipal band? That, you know, people always say, "Well, why do you guys always want to separate yourself?" No, it wasn't that we wanted to separate ourselves. That was the way it was, and right. uh, so there was a black band and a white band. And thankfully, we now have one municipal band that everybody can go listen to. But uh, it's just like on 13th and Adams, uh, the, the Black Firehouse. Why so was there? A, why was there a Black mm -hmm. Firehouse? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And people wonder. And then when sometimes when I get on here and talk about the disparities in Springfield and how the Springfield evolved to where it is today, well, you 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 always want to talk race. Well, race matters. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes. unfortunately, mm -hmm. you know, it's not that I created this situation. I, I, talk, I talk about it because I want people to be aware that it just didn't poof, come out one day. This was sanctioned by state and federal law. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. And uh, supposedly, I, I read the story in here where you said Springfield schools were desegregated in the 1800s. What happened in 1975, 76, when they had the suit, where Reverend McPherson and him had to sue right. 186 to desegregate the schools and mm -hmm. provide opportunities for mm -hmm. teachers and everything. Mm -hmm. So 
it, it's like the, there's a two different Springfields. Got to take another break right quick here, but uh, we get right back to you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's now 6.30. It's time for the evening news. And when we come back, we're going to have more conversation with Mary Francis and Beverly Helms Renfro. 92.7 WMAY Springfield's News and Talk. And again, I am just so pleased to have these young ladies with me this evening and be able to talk about some history of Springfield and Page 91, the firehouse number five at 1310 East Adams Street, which is now the Mason's home. Yes, it and, is. Uh, but it was an old firehouse, and it's, uh, I think they're trying to get it on the historic registry. Yes. And uh, this was the black firehouse, unfortunately, yes, or however you want it. But I'm glad it was a firehouse at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I got to know... Uh, two of the firemen that used to work there, uh, Bob Shields, uh, and he worked there until it, w- it was integrated in 19, uh, what was it, 54 at eight, uh, 18th and Clay. Yes. Uh, Martin Luther King and Clay now. And this was, I, I mean, the, the how we identify and how we, wouldn't it have been easier to have a fire department that was for everybody than having a yes. firehouse on the east side and a firehouse for everybody else. And, and I mean, the standards were the same because you had to pass the standards uh, to be a fireman. Yes. But you had a black firehouse. And, a, and then we go back to uh, one of my first opponents in political world, Harlan Watson, uh, who was a, a, a black police officer who could only arrest black people. And and, mm-hmm. and 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 you have pictures of that here. You got a picture of Harlan, who I knew, and uh, it, it, you know this just it, it it brings back the the and this is rich history. Even though it is history that doesn't give Springfield a, a, a positive light, or a, but it's history that how we've overcome this. And I think that's something we could celebrate and say, look at where we were and look at where we are now. So true. I agree mm-hmm. with you on that. Yeah, I agree. So, I, you know, what, what other pictures uh, do you think that resonate with people that should resonate with people here? And, uh, and one of the things uh, is how the community and and uh, where's the picture of the school the Carver what is it the Carver Trade School mm-hmm. here is yes. another school that I as much as I love history I didn't even know about the Carver Trade School here in Springfield mm-hmm. and this was a school that was organized to help veterans coming home from the war learn uh, lithographic and typing and Yes. Uh, you know, so that he could get a job. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so these were self-help organizations that they developed, the community developed. And, uh, you know, how, how, how is it that the children in Springfield, especially African-American children, don't understand and under, know anything about this? Yeah, I think that Springfield Urban League had an important role in the employment Really pushing employment back then. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, you know, they still, I don't think they're as active in the employment. They still do a lot of uh, uh, training, pre training, but, and they used to run the uh, entry into the union program with Big Daddy and uh, Chuck and uh, Dominic. Right. And, uh, 
And that was how a lot of guys got into unions back in the day. And I think there's still a role uh, for the community to play in helping break down the barriers of employment. And uh, I think that uh, we, we can do more. And I think that it's just a matter of organizing and, and uh, we you know, with desegregation and integration, a lot of the things were not necessary. But back then, these were absolutely necessary because you couldn't get into the other training institutes and schools because they were they were segregated. Yes, and I think a lot of people coming into Springfield um, back in the 50s and 60s, they, they kind of, uh, or 40s and 50s, kind of had to go with what was on and going on in the black community. Our barber shops, mm-hmm. the Dudley Hotel, right. where African Americans could stay, but they couldn't stay in any of their hotels. Right, they couldn't stay in the or same they stayed at Leland. somebody's house well, and paid for meals in that. Actually, so you when, have to look at that. Right. When I first came to Springfield uh, in 74, 75, Senator Charlie Chu was still staying at his cousin's house. Uh, uh, Miss Dorothy Clark and 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 yes. and, uh, and uh, what's his his uh, cousin? Uh, uh, Johnny, Johnny, it wasn't Johnny Clark. Uh, yeah, I think uh, was, not Charlie, it was, a, no, not Charlie, but anyway, he stayed there. That's where he stayed. Corn, uh, Cornel Davis, who was called the deacon, yes. uh, stayed, I can't remember whose house he stayed at, but he was denied. He was the first uh, uh, black state rep. And he was denied entry into the hotel. And he's a black state representative. Yes. And this is the history of Springfield. Yeah. But look at how far we've come. And mm-hmm. and I, so I, I always say, you got to look back in order to see how far you've you've gotten. I think so. Mm-hmm. You have to remember the past. Right. Mm-hmm. To be able to move forward to the future. And to understand. And I think a lot of people, or a lot of our older um, residents have passed on. Right. So this has not been able to go forward. Mm-hmm. Well, and I this, think by bringing this book. Oh, my goodness. And hopefully we'll have a second book. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that in there. Okay. That will bring I, I, more. I'm, I'm looking forward to the second book. Okay. That will bring more of uh, pride well, to Springfield people that may have forgotten Right. Some of these things. Mm-hmm. There's there's so much in here. Uh, I mean, Julian Bond, you know, who uh, was civil rights leader, Martin Luther King, all of these people spent time in Springfield. W.E.B. Du Bois, mm-hmm. uh, historian, all of these people came through Springfield. Springfield right. was a place where people came because of what was going on and how they saw this as a progressive center uh, for African Americans in the North at the time. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when I came here, (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) I don't know if I did anything good, but uh, it was, it was, (laughs) it was a situation where I saw something as we say, I thought was wrong and needed to be righted. And so that's, that's how I sort of took off here in Springfield. But I, you know, the, the thing is that, boy, Springfield is such a place and and uh, so much history is here, and, and we're just touching the surface because yes. there's so much more. And 
as I said, uh, the picture of her in Washington and remembering, quote, the crazy eights, I think yeah. <laughs> Beverly remembered <laughs> the crazy eights. That was eight senators, both black and white, who held up the uh, Senate president's uh, vote for what? About a month, two months. I think uh, so. Until uh, I uh, but, uh, uh, Cecil Party was then elected Senate uh-huh. president for the first yes, time. Yes, he was. So this is, these are the kinds of things that is not played up in history, and and if people don't know, and uh, and and more people, I uh, think most of the crazy eights are gone now. Yes. And. WMAY, Springfield's News and Talk. And I'm going to have to, unfortunately, say we're going to close out here shortly. But I want to thank Mary Frances and Beverly Helms Renfro for coming in and sharing with us this afternoon uh, this great, great book about um, African Americans in Springfield. And uh, you're talking about a second book. <laughs> I'm hoping for it. <laughs> I, I'm sure you have with the, you know, I, I I knew your dad well, and I knew the number of pictures. It, it, you, this is only scratching the surface. As oh yes, mm-hmm. yes. So what 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 would you in, in envision in the second book, uh, Mary and and, and and Bev? I think I would like to, from where Dad grew up, Mount Vernon, Mount Vernon, Illinois. And uh, go from there. Uh, his family has a rich ha- outlook on, on mm-hmm. life. He had his uh, sister, his oldest sister. She had her own uh, business school in, De- in Detroit, Michigan. Oh, my goodness. And later in life was so- sold to Wayne University. Wayne State? Yep. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and then his brothers that were kind of... Uh, Fun. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, that tells me something when you say that. Yes. They and they had an enterprise, but yes, it wasn't yes. one you want to talk about. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's just uh, history that I think a lot of people don't know. My dad stuttered when he was young. Okay. Well, he, now, you know. now he knew Earl Rice as a yes, young man, didn't he? Yes, he Because you're both, both from Mount Vernon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Bobby Mar- Grooms, all Bobby the rest Groom? of them. Oh, yeah, Bobby and our cousins. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Uh-huh. Okay, Mary, what what, are you, what have you found as as co-author of this book? What has it been for you in, in finding all of this information in Springfield and what was going on? And has it been fun? It's been fun and it's been enlightening because I knew almost none of this history. Oh, really? So it's been so interesting for me. So now you're from Pittsburgh? Mm-hmm, from around Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay, and, and you went to school there? I went to school at the University of Illinois here. Oh, you went UIS in Springfield? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you got a little bit of Midwest in here. Yeah. And left the East Coast Mm -hmm. for a while. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, I I just want to thank you guys for coming in. And and this has been wonderful to share all of this information. And, you know, I've got to get you guys to sign a copy of the book. So We'll uh, be glad to. And, you know, because I got to get, you know, I got a couple of brothers that like information in history and uh, they you know they're still in North Carolina and so they're always wondering what's going on up here and this would be something that would really I would feel is educational about what happened in Springfield and how Springfield progressed yes. mm-hmm. so uh, I think that's one of the things I like about this book because it tells 
somewhat of a history of Springfield from mm -hmm. way back up until about yes. 1975, 76. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's something we can really do. All right, ladies, I appreciate you coming out, and uh, hopefully I'll get another chance in book two. Thank okay. you. <laughs>